inspiration, motivation and empowerment to keep going. I'm going to come off this call and go, Mm. all right, what can I do? What can I do more of? Mm. Constant question is how do we get there quicker? How do we do that? Yeah. And now I'm going to go away and go, how do I do that? And out of yeah. this will come something that I can do better or do more of. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale. And these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch or two or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. All right. This, my friend, is such a privilege and a pleasure, and I reckon we're in for a bit of fun today. So, Kelly, thank you for joining me today on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to be here, if not slightly nervous. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, the funny thing about having so many conversations with people that I literally don't know across the globe or I know a little bit is it's kind of okay but when you really know someone and you're like dude this is my mate and we're having a conversation it's like oh I'm getting a bit nervous this morning (laughs) (laughs) so you've got you've got a drink in your hand what's in yours is there any tequila in there oh no not yet peppermint I'm impressed because uh, I do know you pop a few little uh, <laughs> alcoholic drinks at, at times and I, I can't oh, keep wow. up with you, girl. Oh, well, <laughs> down here already, isn't it? Revealing all my secrets. <laughs> of course. So I've got my long black at the moment. You know, my uh, I'm not allowed to put milk into my coffee right now. So ah, um, why you're looking so good. Well, you know, we've got a I'm hitting that big age of five uh, O this year. So I've got to do all I can to preserve this amazingness. <laughs> And it is amazing. Yes, absolutely. You always look stunning, girl. You're a runner. Have you been running lots lately? No, not as much. We've done a bit. I we've mm. been running. I've been running with Janine on a Monday, but we're yeah, we're we're building up again. We slowed down after we both got COVID and just oh. went into yeah, yeah. Yeah, we weren't wasn't great. So now we're building back up again. So yeah. movement for you has been what? Has it been key to helping that brain of yours work like I think there's something to be said around physical being as healthy as we can uh getting out there fresh air getting moving and I'm a huge advocate for it and I'm always analyzing it so for you what has it been it's it's my state of mind like I couldn't Mm. I don't think I could function without exercise and without moving it's the thing that keeps me it keeps me sane. It's like yeah. it gets out all of that tension. It allows me to switch off for a moment yeah. and just be focused on one thing, which I'm not very good at. Mm. Um, and it also just gets my endorphins working. So if I am having yeah. a bad day or a bad week, it's the bit that kind of makes me go, 
okay, I've got this. I think it's it's also pushing myself. So Mm. that moment when I go, I cannot run that little bit further or I can't sprint that last two minutes and I push through it, it sets me up for the day. I go, I can push myself further than I think I can. So here's the interesting thing. And I think this is this is an interesting conversation, even in itself, but is we know it's really important to get out there, exercise, and it helps us to function as an ecosystem. I always talk about not as businesses, not as personal, but that we're an ecosystem and we're creating ecosystems and going forward, right? Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is being healthy, part of that is movement, and part of that is state of mind. We are never gonna be producing things to maximum growth if we aren't of good mind like we just aren't right but here's the interesting thing when we're building out culture in our businesses and organizations one of the interesting things is we don't ever use this as an indicator we don't go oh I wonder how we're doing today have we moved enough have we eaten the right things have Mm -hmm. we got out there and uh, had some fresh air How do we change, like if we know this is so powerful and research actually shows there's a lot of research around this, that the benefits of movement, exercise, eating well, if we're not putting that as part of our indicators, how do we even know why we would never make it as priority when we're building out our ecosystems? How do we do that? What, What do we need to shift in our thinking for us to even think that this maybe is something we should keep? and look at our scores, figure it out. Are we doing enough? How are we needing to rest more maybe? I don't know. What do you think? I think the challenge is, is that everyone's different. And I think yeah. that, I think companies are trying to do it and leaders are trying to do it, but they do a blanket approach. And some people are super motivated to get up and go to the gym every morning. And some people like me do it because they need it mentally. Mm. And then there's other people that really struggle to push through that barrier because it's, it's not one of their main motivators. And I mm. think what happens is in, in leadership is we have this blanket approach. Everyone, let's go and do a yoga class together or yeah. everyone, we should eat healthy. And, and it's not everyone's motivation. So I think you have to look at the individual, look at the mindset. And I think over time, and this is where I love technology, I think there will be, we will start to use some of the health and fitness tools that we have mm. and the data we already have on our phones to help motivate our teams in the right way. Yeah. Look, and I love that. Individual level. Yeah, I love that. And the reason I wanted to do the movement and the thinking of that first is because I know you love technology and we're going to talk about that. And I love data. See, here's the thing. This whole podcast is about what I believe is the secret advantage to us being of higher productivity getting better growth in what we're doing, moving forward, going, you know, giving future and hope to what we're meant to be doing and how we can do that more effectively. And what I mean by that is that there's a secret and it's called the secret advantage called human intelligence. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that the data that we have coming in, so that can be genetics, It can be the data that's coming in from our environment, can be what we're learning at our time at this moment in space, whatever that is. And it's, it's then what do we do with that data? And then the output of that data. So that's where I'm thinking with human intelligence, right? And if we squeeze that into going, we've got access to technology, 
that can really advance our, our learnings, our effectiveness? How do we do it in a smart way that the technology doesn't take over from us mm. and that we're still using our brains? Because I think there's a, a real tendency to go, yeah, but AI just knows it all. Or yeah. we've got access to the next piece of technology and we're not trusting sometimes the smartness that we bring as a human. And I think the combination, wow. Yeah. Let's, any yeah. thoughts, insights? Well, I think it's one of those things. We always have this kind of, um, when, whenever we, we introduce something new, in order for it to become habit forming, we kind of overextend on it. So technology at the moment, we are, are spending way too much time. There will be, I believe, a shift and a, a rebalance where we bring human back into it. And I always give this example of, um, you know, I work in e-commerce and one of the things I see is that online, if you have 100 people come to your shop in store, mm. you've got a physical store, about 30 to 40 people of those that come into your physical store will buy. If mm. you have 100 people come to your shop online, only two of those people will actually buy something from you. And that's actually not just wow. in e-commerce, that's across the board, which shows how badly we're getting this digital stuff, that we need this physical connection as human beings. We need to connect mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, mentally, and in, in, in presence. Like we need to connect, um, you know, in with each other in a yeah. real physical space. And I think... We will see over the next couple of years that shift start to happen again, where it goes back to us realizing that technology can't answer all the questions. If we put the two together, that's where yeah. magic will happen. If we have a balance of physical and data and technology, that's when we can do some really amazing things. Mm. But we're just not there yet. We've okay, so how do we get there? How do we narrow that gap? from where we would love it to be to where we are now. How do we do that quicker? Um, I think COVID has done that, actually. I think COVID has accelerated that. Okay, so we're we shifting in the right direction. We okay. are. We are, mm. definitely. Because what COVID has done is made us more digital, which yeah. we are all now overwhelmed with it. We're all mm -hmm. in the space of, like, I would have much preferred to be sat with you having coffee this morning than being on Zoom. And our natural tendency has gone towards, let's just Zoom it, right? Yeah. Whereas... Uh, what I can see is people are starting to get out again. They're getting less fearful and they're going, actually, it was so nice to meet in person the other night mm. and do a physical event again. And it's so nice to jump on a plane. And I think as that starts to happen, we will start to think about this technology as an enabler rather than the actual space in which we operate. Okay. I'm just thinking about that. Mm. There's so much about that that I agree on. And there's a part that I go, Hmm, interesting. So if we had met face-to-face, -face, yeah. it's the time of travel. Yeah. It's the time that it takes to, like, you catch up first. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's so it's effectively. Thing, right? What's that? Which is a good thing, right? I guess so. But if I think of time effect, yeah, I'm absolutely on okay. that run, right? Okay. Just for your, like your face, for those that can't see this, I could see your face then. So yes, of course. But then I go time effectiveness. Mm. We can get so much more done and get off screen and then get on with other things that we need to do that I know 
I'm not traveling like I was at all and I'm not doing the face-to-face things and I'm getting way more done because of that. Yeah. But are you getting way more done deeply? And that's an interesting conversation because in some ways, yes, I would have to say I am. Mm. Because here's the thing with Zoom, and I think this is a piece that is interesting about being online, has been we have each other's space right now. There is no running away from this right now, right? Like you're there, I'm here, and there is nothing that like there's no, you can't go off. You have to be here at that moment. And I even think of that when we're running events and, and there's workshops going on is that, you have to be engaged on here. That's why I do camera all the time because I want to see you. I want to connect with you. And in a lot of ways, I'm actually doing that more because there's less distractions with everything else. Yeah. And I find that interesting. So in some ways I've actually got deeper because there is no running away. I have to talk more intimately because if I want people to be engaged on this, Mm. I've got to make sure everyone is being engaged. Yeah. And I don't know when you're in a room, I don't know about you, but I was always that kid or that person at the back of the room and I'd sneak out if I needed squirrel moment, you know, one of those moments where I'm like, oh, I can't sit there and listen anymore. But on screen, it's very hard to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, yes, I get that human connection, but in some ways, I think in some ways it has meant that I'm stronger with some of my relationships that I wasn't before. Yeah, right. So it's mm. allowed you to have more deeper relationships. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I'm it's meant that I can't escape from it. Now, here's the other piece. Of course, when you're hugging someone, when you've got that human touch. That's the thing. I'm a hugger. something about that. I'm such a hugger. Mm. I've not always been a hugger. <laughs> <laughs> you're learning to be a hugger. I'm learning to connect more, to be honest. Yeah. So connect more in a way, you know, I, I've talked about it a lot on my podcasts, but, and again, this is part of being, you know, our coming as a whole person is I've not always been someone that has wanted to get close to people or vulnerable with people because they've let me down or they've used it in wrong ways, or there's been a power play. So why would you do that? Like you just don't. Right. Yeah. And so I've had to learn how to do that mm. more and more as I've continued to be a leader because we can't lead and not be connected with who we're leading, right? Like that is just not. I've got a question for you then. So anytime does video, does mm. Zoom give you a safer space? Maybe. Mm. See, I love speaking from stage. Yeah. And I can speak to like, it doesn't matter how many are in the room. It does not phase me. Mm. But I tell you, when you put me at a table and I have to speak to or I have a conversation with people that I'm not sure if I'm going to connect with. Yeah. That is one of the hardest things. Like those networking things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. the worst thing ever. Yeah. Worst thing ever. And I've not always been good at that. That's why even at dinner tables, uh, I as long as it's great people at the table, I'm great at being at that table. If it's not, I'm actually a really quiet person. And I'm married to someone who's not so. And so because of that, he can do all the talking and connecting. Mm. 
So I just does. don't know what else to say. I don't know how to connect. Um, but if you're talking about things that I love and are excited about and I understand and have a conversation and can be me, not mm. a problem. Not yeah. a problem. Whereas when you're in this format, even if I'm not talking about things you're excited about, you mm. have to be on, right? Correct. There's no escaping it. Yeah. Mm. Interesting, right? Mm, very interesting. And I think that's that's part of the whole thing around, well, yes, I think we've gone forward in places. I do actually think that in some ways we've had to connect because we go, look, I can't just be over there. How do I connect? So it's forced us to use technology in ways that maybe we haven't before. I think, you know, if you look at podcasts, there's so many more podcasts now today than there's ever been. Yeah. There's so many online businesses today than there's ever been, yeah. right? And so, and that's yeah. one of the issues as well is that it's totally. there's so, so much noise yeah. in digital that yeah. again and again, I you know I always have my kind of shopping digital yeah. hat on. If I walk into a store, there's probably three other people in there, if that. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting, I'm getting, hopefully, I'm getting some personal attention. And I'm making eye contact and we're having a conversation. Yeah. Whereas if I get online, there's 100,000 people behind me doing the same thing. Like it's so busy and noisy. And, yeah. and I think that's the challenge with digital as well, is not just the impersonal nature of it, but mm. also the noise that's being created at the moment. Okay, so how do, we, how do we stay above that noise? Um, well, I think so it's... It, it goes back to old, old, you know, historic storytelling. It goes back to real connection and video, and which is why we're seeing at the moment, you know, things like Zoom, things like Reels, things like TikTok um, growing so quickly because that video aspect and the live gives us the closest experience to a w- real world experience that we can possibly have. Like there's, there's nothing really closer than that, apart from me being able to put my hand through the screen and mm. give you a really massive big hug. There is nothing close than that. The only thing we don't have here is touch and smell. Yeah. So I think that that piece, again, is, is the bit that is accelerating the connection. And I think we as businesses, especially brands, have to get better at storytelling. You can't be a faceless brand anymore. Okay, so tell me more about the storytelling. So here's the thing. I hear storytelling all the time. So to Mm -hmm. me, it feels like another noise thing. I know that sounds crazy, but I really do. It's like everyone's got a story. Everyone's got something to say. Say, and here's the other piece. I'm not tended to know and be known as a fluffy person. So I don't necessarily need the story. Mm. And if you go on about story, 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 Mm. I actually get distracted and I go, yep, you've lost me, mm. right? So for those that maybe don't need lots of story or story gets lost because there's another story, yeah. how does that work? And when you're thinking story, what does that mean as a brand? So for me, you've got to connect more than just on a product level. Okay. So again, coming mm-hmm. coming from e-commerce, because that's that's where yeah. my phone is, is wired. So I can't just say to you, here, here's a box, buy it. There's mm-hmm. got to be more to that. Now, for you, a box may be fine. You might not need only if you tell me that box inside that box 
has the solution to what I'm looking for right problem. now. Now, yeah. that may be enough for you. For some people, they may need to understand where that box has come from, who made mm. that box and how it was made. Some people need to go deeper to understand what the origins of that was to be able to connect with it. It's like I, you know, whenever I watch people on TikTok and things like that, the most engaging content is where you're getting a bit of an insight to who they are. That's the bit that's connecting at the moment. It's not the, and when I talk about storytelling, it's not just making up a brand story. It's like, well, who are you? You know, where, how are you making the stuff that you're, you're making? How are you doing the stuff that you're doing? What's the insight into your life? And it's hard. It's really hard because I work with a lot of retailers that are very private and they don't want to talk about their background or yeah. their family or their, you know, they don't want to share any of that information. But the retailer down the road that is doing is doing much better than them. Okay. So let's use me as an example because yeah. retailer, a product, I get that even if they don't want to do it. I get it. Like I, yeah. I love, you know, like my favorite jewelry store is in a little place called Mechanos. Um, uh, and it's like, is it Mechanos? No, it's Old Town. It is, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Old Town. And describe it to me. And it's, well, here's the thing it's, it's a generational jewelry. In other words, it was the father that did it and the father's father and the father's father's father. And now what's kind of sad about it is actually the son is expected to carry on. What yeah. if the son doesn't want to? But that's yeah. another story. Yeah. But but what's beautiful about it is that it's gone on generations. It is just, you know, uh, they look they look at things really creatively. They go, well, what could we design with a piece of metal today? Yeah. And... And so I get where story is so powerful with them and you go in and it's a really family owned business and, you know, the whole family are involved in it from the kids to the parents to, like I said, the grandparents and beyond. And so I love it because I know that I'm helping someone on the ground yeah. to be able to support their family and continue to do their beautiful work. Right. So for me, it's easy to connect to their story because, and their designs are off the planet. They're amazing. Yeah. I, I find it hard when it comes to people like say myself who yeah. has this crazy old story and in lots of ways, and I do try to tie it back into what I do now, but lots of people have got lost in my story. And I always joke about it. And in fact, I sing about it sometimes. Like I go, yeah, I was kind of known when I was speaking on stage and I was using my story, I was known as, and, and people would love it. They would go, phenomenal speaker, great, awesome. So motivational, so inspirational. And I always go, you know, like the Muppets, motivational, inspirational, you know, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> I was going to ask if we were going to have a sing song. Oh my gosh, so funny. But like they literally used to say that and it was like, yeah, so what motivated you? What inspired you? I hated it. I really honestly hated it. Why? Because you'd go away excited, but you wouldn't remember a thing that I've helped you to now go, I could put a shift and change something in what I'm doing. Yeah. And yeah. so people got lost in my story because it's a powerful story if you hear a lot of my background. 
but in lots of ways, and it's helped me to be who I am, by the way, Mm. talk about resilience. You talk about like discipline. You talk about you'll do whatever it takes to get you to get that result and know that there's a pathway to get there. Phenomenal. Mm. But if I talk about that, literally, and then I get also labeled. And I think this is the interesting thing about human intelligence and what I'm really diving deep into in conversations is that you see, even though you know my story, yeah, you can put your own biases and conditionings on that. Totally. And then you go down this, well, she's going to be like this. This mm. is how she's going to help me. Mm. Actually, I'm such a different person to that young girl, to the young woman, to where I am even to this day. Yeah. So I struggle to go if I tell more of my story of even what it was, I try to tell my story of what I'm going through now, Yeah. how I'm working through those things. But I wonder how that works with brand. And I, I guess, yeah, me as one of those examples is kind of where I go, I get it for other things. I'm not sure if I get it for this. So... That's really interesting. Mm. So you you don't want your story to define what you do now. Correct. If it means that you're going to go down conditionings, biases, things that have taught you that if she's gone through that, yeah. It must mean she's going to be like this. Do this. Yes. And the reason I'm like that is because I saw it play out in so much of my life Mm. for many, many years. Mm. And so here's some examples. I try to give as many examples when I give these kind of big concepts and big thinking. So example being, I was once a solo mom. Yeah. I don't know. You might have met a solo mom once along in your travels who had no money, who wasn't able to, you know, even look after herself, let alone her children. Then you come and you bring that into our conversation. Mm. Well, she doesn't, you know, she's been there. Oh my goodness. What was she like? Why did she end up in that situation? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, even if you don't want to believe that that's my truth and it's true to me, you will start making decisions and thinking and having conversations with me, knowing that that's a lens in which you start having that. But also I connect with you because of that story, which is the path. Maybe if you've had or you know that being a solo mom, who I know a lot in my world, a strong woman Mm. who are doing whatever it takes to provide for their family and I think if they can do, like if they are, you know, doing this, getting these results, then they could change the world. Like they are amazing. Mm. So, that's only because I've seen the other side as well. So here's the thing. So, you know, I, I mean, I was brought up by a single parent, so yeah. a single dad. Yeah. So immediately when you talk about that, I am drawn to that and I immediately go, 
my brain starts ticking about how difficult it is to be a single parent. Mm-hmm. I can align with you. And I just go far out, like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people raise kids on their own. It, it's, yeah. you know, what yeah. a, what a, an amazing thing to do and a massive challenge as well. So I then connect with you on that level. What I, I mean, I don't do it. I don't then bring yeah. in kind of lots of bias or thoughts about what you can teach me. Yeah, but, but that's because you're a freaking awesome person. Seriously. Thank Seriously. You. Like here's I, the thing, you are not all people. I I agree. I'm not all people. I am very mm. different. But I do immediately go to far out. I can learn some amazing stuff from Kim Marie. Like I mm. just go, mm. I, the stuff she can teach me from that place of resilience, from that place of challenge, from that place of growth, from that place of going from where she was to where she is now. Mm-hmm. I immediately go to that. Now, maybe not everyone does that, but I certainly do. Hmm. And it's who do you want to teach? Who do you want to grow? So here's the interesting thing. And, you know, I always <laughs> I always get defined kind of like you're like the CSI of behavior, like, you know, and I think if I was in another lifetime, I would have been like a, a behavioral analyst or something for mm. the FBI or something. Like I, I'm fascinated with human behaviors and why some situations really rock people over their edge and others don't. What I find fascinating is when you bring so much of your story into play uh, and actually phenomenal leaders across the globe, they, a lot of them have had a backstory. A lot of them have had not the education from, you know, some of the great universities or have not necessarily been brought up with, you know, it handed to them over on the plate. Like they've had to build resilience. Yeah. And it's interesting because once they've sort of shown their smarts, they will often go back to their story. Mm. But it wasn't until you saw the smarts that yeah. you were willing to see the story. And I I kind of feel that way in yeah. a lot of my work yeah. that I, when I was telling a lot of my story, I was actually attracting people, yeah, that that were associating with that. But if we go for the example of the solo mom, and by the way, to any listeners, I'm not saying it's every single solo mom out in the world because I know some phenomenal ones. But I have to tell you, many of the solo moms I did know didn't have lots of money Mm. Mm. and they're not necessarily my target market, right? So it can also draw a lot of the people that haven't got to where you are even yeah. though that was your story. And I think that's yeah. the interesting piece yeah. that when we bring that story in. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm finding nowadays is that a lot of the phenomenal leaders that I get to have conversations across the globe with are actually people that have this as their story. A slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? To maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, 
then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay, I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle. Three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity, like you, are stakeholders to design cutting-edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Right? But they don't lead with that. And they definitely have had to sort of almost go, wow, you're giving me the chance now to talk about this Mm. because they haven't spoken about it for many, many years. Yeah. You know, whether that's being a solo mom, whether that's they've, you know, not knowing where their next meal has come, no, whether that's being because they've been in a domestic violence, whether that's being, you know, growing up in a household where they weren't told they were going to amount to anything, you know, like many of them have stories. But most people are uncomfortable with their story. Mm. Most people, it's, it's an uncomfortable place. Not only does it feel quite egotistical to be sharing your story in a lot of cases or... Tell me that piece. So, okay, and, and this is coming from a personal experience. So, you know, I think when you talk to people, you feel like if you're talking about yourself, mm. that comes from a place of ego. So telling your story, mm. I felt, I felt previously it came from a place of ego. On top of that, my story's uncomfortable. You know, there's trauma in there. There's there's yeah. not there's not happy moments. There's not, you know, there's a lot of there is, you know, poverty. There's all of the stuff yeah. mixed together. So your story isn't, it's actually something growing up that I was taught. You know, when I think to some of the things my mm. dad said to me over and over again, you know, um, money's the root of evil. You know, there's, there's little sayings that, that you pick yeah. up along the way. And therefore, your story becomes quite uncomfortable. It isn't something Hmm. you feel comfortable with sharing. And I think going back to your point about smarts, when you've hit that point of I can survive off of my intelligence, I can hold a room with my brain, with my smarts, without having to share my story, then all of a sudden, I think there's this next level in life. And yes. I, and I, it might be an age thing, I don't know, but there's a next level in life where you go, actually, you know what? It's now okay to tell my story. Yeah. And I think I am just hitting a point in my life where I'm going, I'm actually comfortable with sharing now. So am I. So mm-hmm. am I. Yeah, I like there's no holding back. And if like there's no go, no, no, go soon. Yeah. yeah. Right. There yeah. literally isn't like if and anyone that listens to any of my podcasts over time, especially the decision table who I don't know, most of those people that I have conversations on that on that podcast and 
I literally tell my story throughout many of those because many of them can relate to pieces of my story. And I don't have problems saying it because I actually think now that your story is to help others. Like if I can... If I can help one person by, mm. by using my story to see that if that was my starting point, it doesn't need to be my finish point. Mm. And it, I haven't let it direct where I'm going. There were times when I did, and trust me, they weren't good. And there were times when I found it too hard and I didn't know how to get out of that story. But now if I can just help one person by being honest with my story, sharing my story at any time, then I will say anything and everything Yeah. Uh, because I don't want to give the horrible part of that story any power. And I think one of the things when you hold it inside, when you don't share it, when others don't know that part of you, and that doesn't mean you have to share it with everyone. I'm just saying like when there's times that that might be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't want to give it any more power in mm. my world than it had for so many years. And so I have no problem sharing my story. But in the same way, if we talk about the smarts, the problem was the story overtook the smarts. Yeah. And the problem is, and here's the thing, and in my world, when you're speaking on stage, which tends to be a lot of the stages have been dominated by males, mm. they have not told story. They are telling you a process, a model, and what the solution is they're bringing, and mm. people go, they're phenomenal. Yeah. And they don't get told they're motivational or inspirational, but they say, oh, my goodness, you need to go and hear this or do this because so-and-so does it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being female, it's an interesting conversation because we often, and I want to know what you think on this, because I have to tell you, I was in a meeting and it wasn't that long ago. And because I'm known quite direct, quite strong and very decisive, I don't tend to show lots of emotion in that way. Like I'm not, I'm not falling apart in, in tricky situations. I work under extreme conversations that are very uncomfortable at times. And so you've got to learn that you don't fall apart in that. You've got to look at it really strategically, logically, analyze the situation, and you cannot let your emotions take over on that. Like there is just no way you can. So navigating tricky conversations, I have to do that. And I was in this meeting and, you know, it was one of those tricky ones. It was really uncomfortable. And in fact, it was feedback on me in my leadership on this particular situation. And it was pretty horrible. It made me feel really uncomfortable. And yet my famous question that I said was, okay, now that we've all listened to each other, What, what do you think about this, Kelly, right? Like if you were there, what do you think? Like, what are you thinking from what you've heard? And so they all said their piece and there was one guy and, and it made such an impression on me because I'm like, my thinking on this is, would a male say this to another male? Was mm-hmm. it just because I was female? Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing lots of pieces like this at the moment. So what was said was this. I'm hearing what you're saying, 
and I don't get you because you're not emotional enough. Correct. You're not emotional enough. And I thought, would another male say that to another male? There is no way. No way. But if I'd gone in there listening to that conversation and bawling my eyes out, would have I been too emotional? Then would you have been heard? Mm. It's interesting, Mm. isn't it? Yeah, really interesting. What do you think when you hear that? What does that bring up? Oh, it just it brings up all the times that I've sat at the table and had yeah. exactly that thing happen. You know, for me as a as a black woman, yes, in a foreign country, yes, I was going to ask those questions. I'm glad you're bringing yeah. them up. Presenting um, mm. technology mm-hmm. to a board and a group yes. of generally generally white middle aged men, yeah, um, and you know putting on the table, you know, new ideas, innovations, mm-hmm. future yeah. thinking. Um, the Some of the questions I have yeah. been asked and challenged on still blow my mind to this day. I still sit there and replay that conversation in my head and say, did he really say that yeah. to me? And by the way, he did. He did. He did. He totally mm. did. And then yeah. shrugged it off like it was nothing. Correct. That told me, we're going to own your technology. Oof. We're not going to pay for it. We're just going to own your technology. We're going to wrap it up into our technology and we're going to own it. And I just sat there and looked at him mm-hmm. and he, he literally just went like that. Okay, yeah. his hands behind his so head. for anyone that's just listening, she's putting her hands behind her head <laughs> and she's leaning back. You know mm. that, you know that look. You, you don't have to look. see it. You know you that look. Yeah. Um, I've been asked where my head of technology is, where he is. Mm. If you could bring him to the next meeting, that would be great. Um, I've been challenged on, you know, whether I whether this is I once someone once asked me whether I it was a lifestyle business. Yeah. Or I was serious. I shouldn't just be seen as a woman in fashion. Um, just be seen as a woman in fashion. There are so many examples of sitting across the table from someone and them saying, and it's almost like I sit in a room and these men feel like they can criticize and Mm -hmm. they can kind of give feedback. There was someone last week, actually, um, who said to me, I feel like you're operating with the rats and the weeds. This guy had known me for one minute one minute and he said I feel right. like you're operating. he ha- hadn't asked me any questions hadn't got to know me didn't know my story didn't know what I was capable didn't know the technology I've built for massive multi-million dollar companies yeah. knew nothing about me and made that comment because of something mm-hmm. I was doing that for me is giving back to community and helping yeah. build and grow and that was his comment so what that does, in short, is it makes mm. me bloody angry. Yeah. It, it makes me fume. I'm it's feeling fume. that riling yeah, up right now. It does. It does. <laughs> I'm just, why? Mm. Why are we so far behind that you feel it is okay for you to still ask Correct. those questions? Correct. And if you're really smart, get curious. Yeah. Like, stop with the feedback. Like you don't, you don't need, we don't need feedback. What we need you to do is get curious and ask us questions mm, that will help yes. us grow. 
I had a conversation with a lady last um, last week, actually, someone who I'm mentoring on building. She's helping. I'm helping her build out an app. She, she's mm. building out an app. We had a conversation and um, she said, um, she asked me a question about pricing and structure and technology. And I said to her, look, I'm going to come at this. Now, the, 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 what I wanted to say to her was quite challenging yeah. because, because it was actually going against what she believed and thought at the time. Mm. But because I had been there and done it and made the mistake, yeah. I knew that I could offer her some value in that moment. But what I wanted her to be clear on is that I was challenging her to build her up. Yes. To pull her apart. I absolutely, and I caveated the conversation with, I want you, I know this is going to be yeah. I know you are on the right path and I want to give you everything I can to help you get there quicker. Yeah. Yeah. This comment is about that. It's an, and, and it comes from a place of, I have spent so many times with investors in boardrooms yes. where people have just pulled me apart for the sake of pulling me apart. They're not building me mm. up. They're not helping me grow. They're not, they're not making that emotional yeah. comment. You're yeah. not bringing enough emotion to the table because they are looking at me going, you know what? I want to make sure that next time she's at the yeah. table, she actually holds the room. That comment mm. was not about doing that. Yeah. That comment was about, you know what? You've made me feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to pull you apart. Correct. Correct. That I really struggle with. So here's the thing that I think is interesting about both your work and my work and what we're seeing is that I think in a lot of ways we're doing, and this is something that I teach about all the time right now, is that I think we've done things the old way and there's a real need for a new approach to how we're doing things and moving forward. The old approach in this case was everyone looked the same, sounded the same, and often were of the same gender, right? Mm. and to do a new approach and what we're needing to see is more like you and I at the table that it makes people feel uncomfortable because they're not used to seeing us there yeah they're not used to seeing and I have to say this is something that I admire about who you are and uh, myself in this way as well we are smart women and you do need to be smart to be at the table. And yeah. I do believe you do. That doesn't mean that you have to be smart as everyone else is dumb. I'm not talking about that. I meaning use those smartness that you have within you. And the that doesn't mean t- also academic. It could also no. be smart. It can be street smart. Dude, yeah. I think I've got to where I am because I was street smart, right? Like not because I was a brain, because I didn't know how to use my brain for so many years. I literally didn't because I thought differently. I was dyslexic. I still am. But I've learned ways in which to use that for my benefit because I don't think like everyone else. I do think differently. And because of that, I'm willing to innovate different solutions at the table. Now, I can go, yeah, I don't fit in at the table. I don't look like everyone else. Or I can go, maybe we actually need to create spaces either at that table or at other tables for more of us to stand up and to come in. How do we do that well, especially as a female? Because in that case, I love the fact that you were mentoring and challenging through that mentoring, saying, hey, I've already done it tough. Don't learn the hard way like I had to. There's some like springboard off this and not be threatened by each other. Like I'm not threatened when you're at the table. I'm like, girl, 
I want you at that table because I know you're going to bring some things that maybe I'm not thinking about right now. Maybe I'm not looking at it through that lens. And yet so many tables are not willing to do this or have uh, even if I'm willing to bring you to my table, Kelly, do you know how hard it is to get quite a few of us at the table? So it's easy. What I'm finding individually, it's easy to have these conversations. Now let's bring that to a bigger table. So interestingly, I think about this a lot. Mm. Um, we are, you know, going back to what you said before, we are very yeah. unique in that yeah. there are not people that sound like us, look like no. us, think like us. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we've lived our lives surrounding ourselves with lots of differences. Correct. And we are comfortable with that. We've had to yeah. get comfortable with yeah. that. We've had no other yeah. choice. We've, I, you know, you can think back to moments in your childhood where it was really uncomfortable and you oh, just. So many of them. So, so many. many of them. Yeah. And, and now we're, we're at a place where we are comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there are the boards and the, you know, the big corporates and things yeah. like that. You have this all male, all white, all, you know, 50 year old who are not, they, they're so comfortable mm. with surrounding themselves with people that look like them, sound like them and think like them, that to bring anyone else in at the moment in, in many cases yeah. is, and we are moving forward. And, and I've got some friends that remind me of that constantly whenever I get. We are, but I don't think we're moving forward fast enough. Fast I enough. really don't. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. To, to bring someone else in the table that doesn't sound like them, look like them yeah. at the moment is a tick box. And tick mm. boxes aren't sustainable. Yeah. You've got a task list and you're yeah. just tick. It's not a sustainable habit you're creating. It's not in mm. your DNA. It's not in your genetics. You've still got this neural pathway yeah. that says that person doesn't look like me, sound like me, or, or, you know, I can't, they don't behave like me. And therefore I don't hear them in the same way that I hear that guy sat yes. next to me who is the white guy. And, and that's, the challenge is how we change those almost neural pathways Correct. and make it ongoing and make it sustainable mm-hmm. and not a HR tick box, which it very much is in a lot of cases at the moment. Here's the thing with the HR tick box. Mm. We get you to the table. That doesn't mean we're going to hear you, see you no. and le- and give you voice at that table. No, no. That's a whole different conversation. It is. So not only is it hard to get to the table, I think, so there's some things that I do think. I think us as strong females, we need to know that we don't need an invite to that table. We already have permission to be at that table, yeah. whether people think we do or not. We do. And and I really do believe that. Now, the other side of it is I want to see other, and this is not male versus female. I just want to see other females who are different that are have so much value to add to the table Yeah, going, hey, there's other strong females doing this and we, we can be at the table. And I wonder how we can do that more. And I think one of the things that I, I know that I am being really intentional on the last two years of my life, and that is supporting other females. Mm. And I probably haven't done that well. I'm one of the ones that probably haven't done it well in the past mm. because I didn't, I didn't really like lots of females didn't get me. Males did. It's yeah. funny enough. Yeah. 
And and that was because I thought differently and my brain was so intense and most people go, what the heck is she talking about? But, <laughs> you know, and, and so I've learned ways to bring that out so the everyday person can understand what I'm talking about way better now. And so I'm really trying hard, though, to encourage other females. Yeah. You've got this. Yeah. You can step it up and come and be at the table because yeah. we need the value that you've got. And being strong doesn't mean that you're loud. Being strong doesn't mean that you're, you've got, you know, you've got to be aggressive. Mm. Being strong to me means that I turn up at that table and I've got a presence. Yeah. And I find that an interesting conversation. Now, what I would love to see is more females supporting other females. Yeah. How do we do that better? Um, I think, so I'm involved in, in a lot of, um, organizations like Global Sisters, which I think does an amazing job. So that was one of the ones that I was mentoring on last week. Um, I think just those at the top or those with the smarts or those at the board table need Mm. to be involved in more of these organizations. But again, and, and, you know, and mentoring younger generation as well. Yeah. Again, it can't be a tick box. It can't be something you say, I've just, I'm going to do that. It's got to be something that. Okay. Is- so you're saying we can't make it a tick box, but how do we make it? If it's not a tick box. If it's, so, how do we get it sustainable? Yeah. What, what I see, what I see with a lot of women is, is we all have these, you know, this um, idealistic, I'm going to support lots of women. And, and real, reality is, we are supporting families, we're supporting life, we're supporting Absolutely. work, supporting people, and we spread ourselves very thinly and we can't. Mm. But going back to your point earlier on, what I have been trying to what I've been trying to do is be a bit more purposeful about the people I support. And the mm. point you made earlier on, if you can impact one person, yeah. That's the bit that counts. So if I can grow one person into sitting at that board table or selling mm, that, mm, I love you know, that selling that app for multi-billion dollars, yes. if I can support that person's growth, that person will go on to support multiple people. Hmm. So at the moment, I'm just trying to be a lot more purposeful about the people I support instead of doing what I used to I do. I love that. Which mm. was have a hundred million coffees with everyone and go, yeah, 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 I'll have yeah. a chat. And, and then actually not really helping that person grow. Mm, That's so powerful. Okay. So one of the things you said was being in a different country, Mm. being black, always looking different at the table. What have been your learnings from that? How could we, maybe if you're someone who's listening is going, Hey, I find myself in that situation all the time. What's something they could learn from you from having gone through that journey. And then the other side of it, the second part of the question is what if there's lots of people here who are listening that look like everyone else at the table, but have not embraced others that look differently. How can they do that better? Um, so answer to your first question, I think I'm still on that journey, Kira Marie, as you probably know, you know, yeah. I'm still on that journey yeah, of, yeah. of kind of working all of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is again, you know, you made the point earlier on about the smarts first and then the story. I yeah. feel, I feel like I've reached that point now. And mm. in order to reach that point, I've had to let go of a lot of people that took that power away from me. 
Oh, there's a good point. Yes. And I've, mm. I've had a massive clean out in the last two years of mm. people that took that away from me who brought me to the table to pull me apart, not brought me to the table to build me up. Oh, that's strong. Yes. And I think in doing that, mm. I've surrounded myself with amazing people like yourself, you know, mm. and Janine's been in my world for a long time. In doing that, I'm, I'm closer to the people that build me up. Yeah. And therefore I feel... Oh, I know, I know what I do. I know what value I bring. I know who yeah. I am now, you know, and that is the most empowering thing to, to want to be at the table. You know, you go, mm. I've got an opinion. I feel strong in my opinion. And actually you could try and pull me apart now, but it's not going to work anymore. I love it. When you, when you get determined that you've got that value and yeah. that's the piece that I want to see all females get to. Yeah, It is such a journey. And like you say, we're on this journey. I'm on this journey. We're all on this journey. And there's moments when we start doubting ourselves. There's moments when we lack a bit of confidence because we go back to our default systems at times, right? But reality is we've hit a stage in life that we know our value we add to the table. That doesn't, and that goes back to, it doesn't show that we've got these major egos. It's just we're confident, in what the value is that we add. I bet you, if I ask you, you're probably confident in knowing what you don't add to the table too. Totally. Like I know I am. I'm like, that is not my skill set. That is just so not me. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's also where I've gone, that's why I need people who have different skill sets, different ways to access things that I have no skills in. Yeah. So I I love that learning. Yeah. I love the second piece about how do people that look the same sound yeah. the same? They've got to invite more people to the table that don't look like them. Yeah, but that's uncomfortable, Kelly. It's it uncomfortable. uncomfortable. But it's the only way they're going to move forward. Mm. Having an Aboriginal smoking ceremony to yeah. open the building is yeah. not diversity and inclusion. No. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, how many boards do you know yeah. Yeah. have a Torres Strait Islander or an Aboriginal sat at the table in, yeah. the, in the top 100? They don't. No. And I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. Well, how many have special needs at the table? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. All of that, all of that diversity that we talk about every day, that, Mm. you know, IWD and things like that, like it actually is not playing out as much as it should be. Like you said, we're moving, but not fast enough. Yeah. And I think... The, the what I would do is challenge those organizations that are having those diversity and inclusivity conversations mm. and say, firstly, it's not just about gender. You're right. Yeah. It's about disability. And I think that's another thing for me is I was brought up by a disabled father. Mm. I was I was I was called a coconut bounty, you know, white on the inside, black on the outside, Nigerian, mm. British. Like, Well, I'm- my nickname at primary school was Black Sabbath. Ah, mm. yes, nice. Yeah. I got I got brownie mm. quite a lot, and I could just put the badges on my. I could just these the brownies are sweet. No, no, not that brownie. Oh, no, the, you know the girl guide brownie thing. Oh, like a girl guide brownie. I love how you oh. turn that into a great thing. The girl guide brownies. Anyway, we digress. So, um, what was I saying? So, oh, do I, we like that's the thing? Like, I think some of these names, some of these things, uh, we have to go back to going actually well at least a brownie sweet you know like I know it wasn't meant in that way but it's the way in which I go you know what it's all good yeah 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 it's 
it's the past. It's not, it's not the way we need to do it. And I definitely, you know, we talk about generations and mentoring and things like that. The best way I know is to role model to my kids, role model to those that I get to, you know, speak with, train with, whatever. Uh, I can't change the past. I literally can't. No, I have. But I think that we can make it different. And that's why I want to have these conversations, why I want to ask these questions, because like those learnings that you've had to go through, and I want to apologize on behalf of the human race for the fact that you've had to do go through a lot of that, because there is a lot of pain and a lot of anguish and a lot of frustration and a lot of things that I don't believe any of us as the humans should be going through. I really don't. It made me the unique, amazing person I am today. Absolutely, so I right? I don't want to take any of it away. I want to keep it all and I want to use it. Can yes I just tell you a quick little? No, though, on that one. Can I just say that? Because yeah, here's the thing that I think listeners need to hear is, yes, she's right. It's helped make her who she is today. It's helped make me who I am today. But that pain is something I don't ever want. Like I don't want anyone ever to go through any of the pain that I have had to go through in my life. I wish I could have learned it otherwise. Yeah. Because I get where that pain is. I I, I just need to tell you a quick, beautiful moment. Absolutely. Which which made me cry. Um, Mm. My son, Caelan, who is 12, was at school. And someone said, now Caelan is white, because mm. I'm mixed, yes. um, so half British, half Nigerian. My husband's white, Kaylin's white, brown hair, brown eyes. Mm. He's got a little bit of color, but you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's white. He would, you know, that you would see him as a white boy. Anyway, so he was at school and someone said the word nigger, <gasps> which makes me crazy that that word is still being used. And Kaylin said, mm. I am black. Oof. Do not ever use that word in front mm-hmm. of me or let me hear that word again and I was so proud of him wow. that he sees himself in that way mm. and and I and I look to that generation and go they're coming through mm-hmm. they're going to change they're going to change this up yeah they are because there yeah. is so much diversity and mixture in there mm. that they will change this up and why because he knows who he is yeah he's confident in being that and he knows what's acceptable and not in his case. And I think we can learn from that. Yeah, totally. Who are we? What mm. are we willing to stand for? And, you know, what is what is our non-negotiables and what are our negotiables? And I think that is a beautiful example yeah. in the conversation that we're having that we can do that and role model for in our businesses, our organizations, in our families, mm. in, in, the, in the culture that we're building out. Here's, we're just finishing up now, but, um, you know, if people want to know more about actually what you do and who you are, where, where's the best spot for them to do that? They can jump on my website, kellyslesser.com. They can go to the Retail Edge Instagram. Mm. They can find me on LinkedIn. I'm all over the show. Yeah. yeah, you're you're an amazing human, and I just think that um, one of the things that I ask on this is, and I this is the only question I ask the same, and that is, what are you taking from our conversation today? 
Oh, just inspiration, motivation and empowerment to keep going. And I just, I, you know what I mm. love about you, Kim Marie, is not only do you ask the big questions and inspire me, but you, you push me, you, you push me, you make me think about the things that are uncomfortable, mm. the race stuff, the gender stuff, the, you know, yeah. the technology stuff, you make me think about it. And I know I'm going to come off this call and go, mm all right, what can I do? What can I do more of? Mm. Constant question is how do we get there quicker? How do we do that? Yeah. And now I'm going to go away and go, how do I do that? And out of yeah. this will come something that I can do better or do more of. I know. Yeah, I love that. And I'm grateful you. to you. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you always. And so what I'm taking from our conversation, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I think you reminded me of was the story and the power of that. And although we talked about a lot around the story and, you know, I was, I was pushing back on story. I do think that story is really important. I think like one of the things that you highlighted is that we kind of get to an age where story can come out more because we've already we know our value that we add to the table and I think it reminded me of the fact that we do need to bring our smartness to the table I think smart humans make smart decisions and I don't hide that as a fact that I believe that but I do really believe that and so if we can link into our smartness make better decisions we are going to get, you know, better results at the table in the decisions we're making. So you remind me of the fact that being smart is a cool thing because we wouldn't be able to have this conversation if I wasn't having it with someone who's smart. So thank you for that. And on the other piece of that is that I think that you highlighted that whole piece around, but I think we get to an age sometimes where we can be sitting confidently in our smartness and tell our story at the same time mm. and use our story. And I think that's something that maybe I need to tell more of is my story. You sure and- do. <laughs> it's an amazing story. And tell more of how that story has helped me build who I am and what I've got to to this day. But you know, and I actually wrote a book and it was called Snap Out of It, Get Over It and Move On. And I never released it to the world because I was about to do it and I was getting on the stages and literally, I, like I said to you, it was that motivational, inspirational. Mm-hmm. What you've reminded me today is that being motivational isn't a bad thing. Being inspirational is not a bad thing. In fact, it helps people to have hope for what is possible. And I think the combination of that with the smartness of actually having sustainable solutions, boom, that Mm. is awesomeness right there. So thank you for that reminder. And I think I needed to hear that. I needed to sit with someone to have a conversation that I feel like some of these things that we've talked about today are things that need to be talked about. And although it's uncomfortable, we need to talk about these things. Mm. And I, I know for me personally that I can think about these things. You can think of these things. But together when we get to think about it, to have a conversation as we're learning how to do this better, that actually that is so much more powerful mm. than if I was on my own 
in my own head trying to figure it all out. Yeah. So thank you for being an awesome human. Thank you for bringing your awesomeness to the world. You know, we we could have talked for hours, literally. I know. I know. On on so many things. Like I would have loved to have brought up, and maybe I'll bring you on again at, at some stage to have conversations more about the work that you're doing amongst communities and what your what your focus is on in that. But I just think sometimes we have to get back to the root of well. Why would you even do anything? Why are you doing anything? And I think that's what this conversation has been so powerful about. Yeah. Is the fact that we can just go, well, I love who you've become. I love what you're becoming. And I love how you're doing your journey. What is it? Is there anything you've you would have liked to have said on here that I just I haven't given you the space? I'd love to do that now. Oh, no, I no, we finish lots of space. God, I like you said we could speak for hours. I think, mm. but to your point, unraveling that stuff, mm. the bias, the story, the yeah. power, the owning your own self allows you to go or allows me to go and do that community work, to go and do mm. work with women, to go and you know th- that's the stuff that's powering me forward. So I think it's a really it's yeah. the most important conversation to have. Mm. Actually, the other stuff. It's the good yeah. stuff that comes out of that conversation. But that's my favorite stuff. I the know, stuff. It it's so funny saying stuff because I know for my Americans who are my majority of listeners on this podcast, stuff we mean things, other things. <laughs> <laughs> other things. Yeah. We say that a lot over here. You know, yeah. the other stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Yeah. yeah. We've got lots of stuff going on. So the other things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well. Mm-hmm. Girl, it's been awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you. Thank you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlor. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.